Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show taking you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. AJ and Kirsten Brown opened up their bakery, Need, in South St. Louis in 2017 after using a Kickstarter to fund their dream of selling some of the best sourdough in the Midwest. The husband and wife duo have pivoted left and right during the COVID pandemic, coming up with creative solutions to stay in business and get their fresh baked loaves to the public. That now includes shipping across the country. Kirsten sat down with us amidst the construction as they remodel their bakery on Hampton to talk about what makes a great sourdough bread, how parenting has changed their jobs forever, and how they hope to build the kind of business that is here to stay for generations. Let's meet Kirsten. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Thank you. I'm so happy that we could finally make this work. I know. It's funny to think back. We've been talking about this for for almost a year now, but now you guys have done so much in the last year. I'm excited to really talk about the changes you guys have implemented. Yeah. It's been since March ever changing, but I think that a lot of the things that we have decided are things that will stay. Um, and we'll only better our business, which is really exciting. You guys are in the middle of a little bit of a renovation. Talk to me about what sort of created the need for those changes and what it's going to look like in here. Sure. So we uh, had wanted to kind of change what our front of house looked like even pre-COVID. Just looking at how our space worked from when we first opened uh, nearly three years ago to... um, having you know guests in all the time and so it's hard to do that when you actually have customers coming in all the time right and covid presented an opportunity to for us to renovate and so because our front of house space is unusually small for a restaurant it made more sense for us to go with a huge counter so this counter is 20 feet and no um, inside dining when the weather's nice we'll have patio seating and Um, but it will be more to-go style. Um, Still need same concept, same Same menu. Same great food. (laughs) Yes, but um, to-go. And talk to me about how that might actually help business a little bit more. Yeah, so right um, when the pandemic hit, we went curbside, um, and we stayed curbside the whole time. So we... um, changed everything to online. So our whole menu went online and which allowed customers then to pre-order the night before. Um, and that kind of organically happened. Um, pre-order the night before so that you can get all your goodies in the morning. Um, Cause we also were trying to figure out what is the demand mm-hmm. and- um, Were you surprised when things were selling out so much the night before? Did you expect that? No, we didn't expect <laughs> that. And so we were, we were, it was a constant like, you know, game of trying to figure out can we make enough and not overmake, you know, too. So it was just it was just a figuring out a good balance. And you guys have had such a great reception to curbside. Are you I mean, what was that feeling like to see that customers, despite all the changes, were still showing up each day, each weekend? Yeah, so I think one of the one of the major things that happened was we were looking at how can we still support our vendors 
um, and how can we still support our farmers? And so we, um, obviously knowing that bread is an essential in the kitchen um, and families are at home, um, how can we serve them best? And so it was great for our customers. So we were having, we were selling milk, we were selling eggs, um, along with all of our menu items um, and some other grocery items like flowers. Um, so it was really uh, great for our farmers, but then also great for our customers that maybe weren't comfortable going to the grocery store. Right. Or um, so, it, I, and again, I don't think that those things are going away. I think we'll always sell Ozark Mountain Milk. I mean, we always we've gotten that before. That's what we use in our products, but now our customers can also have that at home. Right. And it's interesting kind of looking back. It's so funny. There's things about the pandemic that feel like it's lasted forever. And then other things that feel like it's just been a blip of time. But if we think back during really the quarantining time, everybody was baking sourdough. Yes. And you guys started selling your starter. Yeah, we were actually, it's, it's kind of funny. We actually <laughs> were selling it before. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah, so it was on our menu before, but it just wasn't, you know, as great of it a It wasn't need. a trend. Yeah, I, no pun intended. But um, because, you know, we were also selling our bread and selling out of our bread. And then that also led to people, and we were selling flowers. And then our sourdough started that just... Um, we saw a huge uptick in people actually purchasing the starter. So talk to me a little bit about your starter. I mean, that's sort of how things really, pun intended, got started. Um, So kind of walk me back to the beginning of Need. Sure. So um, Need started before I even had met AJ, who's my husband. Mm -hmm. So AJ um, had gone to... um, college for nutrition and food science and fell in love with fermentation and then um, after graduating got into beers and wines and then went to culinary school in France in Lyon and so then when he came back he wanted to bring the bread culture that they have in France but not just bring French bread back but uh, bring the American bread Mm -hmm. culture back so that's how he started the starter and so that was in the summer of 2012 okay and just started perfecting loaves of bread and uh, different kinds of breads um, but all using that sourdough and so our sourdough is unique in that it uses midwestern flours and grains so we um you know people want to compare it to a san francisco sourdough and it's going to be a little bit different because they're using different flowers that are local to them, where sure. we're using local, you know, our flowers from um, just outside of Chicago and Kansas City. So, specifically Midwestern flowers. Was that really important to sort of his what he wanted to create and his yes. vision? Yeah, and it, it those flowers have been the same flowers, and that we are still using today. So, yeah. So how did he go from creating this bread? You know building up this product that obviously he was proud of, and how did it then turn into the bakery that we're sitting in today? Sure. So we, well, he started at the farmer's market, and then um, I met him, started dating, we got married, and we were still at the farmer's market, and we did a Kickstarter, um, which we raised $30,000 in 30 days, um, a little naively, um, <laughs> and... I mean, that's a pretty 
Yeah. I mean, we incredible were, amount. It was, a, it was a great amount. Um, but looking for, you know, to open a restaurant. Sure. Um, $30,000 is a lot of money. I'm not discrediting the... But uh, for what it takes to open up a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small chunk of what it actually takes. So... Um, Was it all, like, just the people that had really fallen in love with you guys at the farmer's market? Yes. Is that where the support came from? Yes. So we we had four weekends in October, I think, of 2014 or 15. Um, can't remember at the off the top of my head. But we uh, just pushed it to the Lake St. Louis Farmer's Market. And because that was the market that we really um, had loyalty and uh, customers that were following us. And so we um, did that Kickstarter and then it took us nearly three years to find this space. And how did you guys stumble upon here? You guys were at the Lake St. Louis Farmer's Market. What made you come to South City? Yeah, so we, um, again, thought we would open in Lake St. Louis, in St. Charles County, that was kind of the vision that we had. We walked through many spaces and looked over many leases. Um, and as a young, newly married couple, um, just wasn't the right step. And then um, AJ found this space, and I didn't even see it, <laughs> and he signed the lease. Oh. <laughs> and we were, it was like off to the races as fast as we could open. What so, intrigued him about it? What made him say this is the spot? So we love the windows. Um, that was a huge, um, a huge part. But then the kitchen and just for being a startup, the kitchen was really set for us to move into mm-hmm. um, and to be able to grow. So our kitchen is very large. And so it, it's allowed us to have many programs. So our big house our kitchen um, catering and now we like are introducing some new things which are which is fun um so it's really the kitchen it was a big part and then again we love the front of house windows that we have um and then it was really about making it as welcoming and um, inviting as we could do because some Um, people might just drive by and not have any idea you guys were here yeah and I think I think that that um, that still happens. That we have people that live in the neighborhood that don't um, that don't even know that we're here. Um, but then uh, we also have our truck out front, and I think that that's kind of a, an iconic. If you say to somebody, "Oh, it's where the 1950 Chevys <laughs> parked on Hampton," they're like, "Oh yeah, I know where that is." Yeah, what's the story about behind that? Where did the truck come from? Yeah, so AJ actually drove that in high school. Okay. <laughs> So he drove it in high school uh, for a couple years and then um, kept it. Um, his parents were gracious enough to let them let him keep it in their garage. Um, and then when we got married, his mom was like, okay, take your truck. <laughs> and so we actually got it running and it, it fully functions. Um, and we like drove it away at our wedding and Aww. have driven it on dates a few times and gotten stuck a couple of times. But <laughs> for the most part, um, I mean, for being a, a 1951 um, truck, she's been pretty kind to of, us. So <laughs> we're, we're keeping her around. <laughs> there you go. 
And, you know, it's, it's one of those incredible things to see that support that you guys have had grow over the years. How have you guys also grown? Obviously, you started with bread at the farmer's market. Yes. When you opened, how did you decide uh, the way that you wanted the menu to look? Were there things that you knew, okay, we want to do donuts, for example? Like, how did you kind of grow with what your customers were looking for? Yeah, so um, we started very small. I don't know if you um, came in our very early days, but we only had like three pastries on our menu. <laughs> and um, again, we have learned so much. We are, you know, we opened Need um, in our late 20s. And so we have a lot, you know, a lot to learn and uh, still, but we try really, really hard. Um, to understand what our customers are um, wanting mm -hmm. and also just making a quality product. Um, really, um, we have team members that care so deeply about the ingredients that go into each of our menu items. And um, I think, I think develop, like to answer your question, like the development of where we are now, um, everything, has our sourdough starter in it everything except for our gluten-free options because <laughs> we do have this <laughs> but everything has um the sourdough at the at the heart mm -hmm. of the of the menu item and so um there's been times that we've gotten it wrong and we've had to kind of strip back and um re relook at things but um i think even the pandemic allowed us to do that yeah um just kind and, of explore a little bit more. Yeah, and and really see what people were after and mm -hmm. what they liked, and and we could we could measure it so much different than just being in the restaurant. So, yeah, I mean that's something that I feel like you know people might not think about that there's sourdough in the donuts, and that creates a very different donut than what yes. St. Louisans are maybe used to. Yes, and and it's um, I don't want to use the word trickier. I think it takes more intention. We, you can make a good donut. I mean, it's really hard to mess up a donut, yeah. right? Um, I don't know that I've ever tried a donut that I don't like, right? But then you add the sourdough into the mix, and it does, it does change. You know, our, our donuts take 72 hours to make wow. because they are proofing, and um, then we are, like, they're, we're waiting for them to rise, and then we are frying them. It's not just throwing dough into the fryer. Which is why when you guys sell out of them, it's not just like, oh, we could make more. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, um, we're always working on that part of, um, you know, once they're gone, are we, are we done for the day or are we able to fry off more? Or is that going to, you know, for the people that wanted donuts the next day, is that going to throw that off? So mm -hmm. yeah, we're always looking at, at those numbers. And you guys have just launched another new initiative. You guys have started shipping your yeah. bread nationwide. Yes. How did that come about, and how exciting is that aspect of this endeavor? Yeah, so it's really exciting. Um, back to those, like, St. Louis customers that were truly so loyal to us and still are, um, but are 45 minutes away, mm -hmm. um, and to drive 45 minutes, one way to pick up sourdough is... I mean, we are so grateful, um, but now those, even those people can now ship the, their bread. And they had a lot of 
um, you know, they were asking, you know, do you ship, do you ship, do you ship, or customers that have moved away, um, so they're now outside of St. Louis, and then um, we also, our Instagram followers, like, are, have been asking, um, like, do you guys ship, do you ship, um, and the answer has always been not yet. Not yet. And we're, <laughs> the reason why is because bread is a little bit more complicated to ship than, say, jam, you know, right. <laughs> you have to think about what well, has a shelf life that yeah, exactly. isn't very long. And so our, our bread, um, is good on the counter for four to five days. And, um, so we've partnered with UPS and, um, we can ship if you're here local in St. Louis, you can ship, um, your bread ground and you, it will arrive next day. So you don't have to pay for that, which is really nice. Um, and then, we are only doing one two day shipping or overnight shipping mm-hmm. because of we we want you to get your bread and to be able to enjoy it um, right. not for it to arrive and to you know go stale the next day so and logistically was that a challenge to figure out how to do that all in addition to everything else you guys are doing at the bakery yeah in in a couple of ways of, ju- of just like we had these great boxes which are you know when you purchase a a dozen donuts, that's what the box that we're using for shipping. And so that was really great that that worked and is branded and looks beautiful. Um, but then also just figuring out, okay, how do we seal this? And so um, we purchased, um, I can show you in the back, this machine that <laughs> shrink wraps, you know, large, large items. And uh, so just figuring out those, those logistics took a little bit of time, but again, the pandemic kind of gave us the space to be able to to do that um, in a different in, in a different way than if we'd been open six days a week. Yeah, um, it would have been more challenging. Yeah, to, and you wouldn't have had that because not only are you running a bakery, you're a relatively new mom. You guys are new parents. Yes. Um, how did being parents sort of change things here at the bakery? Yeah. So um, Adley was born last September and. Um, so when the pandemic hit, she was six months old and, um, like probably a lot of moms, there was a lot of fear, um, around, um, COVID and what if my child catches it and all these things. But at the same time, um, we are responsible for our team, um, and their livelihood. And so really like juggling all of that. Um, so I had been home for the last six months kind of working from home and then March hit and I have been with Adley. Um, our customers have seen <laughs> their baby carrier on, <laughs> um, just kind of running and packing up orders as right. I can. And then, you know, juggling nap time and lunch and all of those fun mom things. It definitely so, makes it more challenging, but I'm sure. Yeah. It more challenging, but also the joy. Um, yeah. Joyful. And, you know, we were home, Adley and I were home from September to March, and now we've been with AJ every day, um, and for a dad to be with not only his wife, but then his n- new child, mm-hmm. like, that's also really fun. So, now, does she love sourdough as well? I don't, one, oh my one I'm not sure when babies start eating solid yes. food, so. <laughs> no, six months, but okay. um, bread, about 10 months, okay. and um, so she loves sourdough um absolutely loves it and um i have to 
kind of space out how much I give her, otherwise she shoves it. I'm not exaggerating. We'll shove all of the little cubes of bread that I give her in her mouth at one time and have had a couple of um, choking hazards and scares because of her love of sourdough. But it's really sweet. And, That's adorable. Um, yeah, she loves it. Well, so. and again, just even, you know, she was here just a little bit ago and getting to watch dad in the kitchen is, is sort of a fun thing and watch yes. mom work. It's it's kind of nice to have her here yes. and be able to, to do everything, yeah, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, you know, I... Um, we talk about this, AJ and I talk about this a lot. We're so grateful that we are still open um, and able to do what we do. Um, but we also, you know, are working really, really hard to, to be open um, and to have a, a legacy for, for Adley. Um, and, you know, not saying that she has to take over <laughs> need or be in the restaurant and she can do whatever she wants, but... Um, that is our heart as parents is to have a legacy for our children. Um, and so that's, it's kind of cool that she's seeing that at such a, a young age. Well, and St. Louis has so many of those, you know, legacy restaurants, those legacy bakeries. Is that something you guys hope for need that it's around for another century? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud that our sourdough is eight years old. Um, but I look forward to, and like, I saw, um, AJ's great grandparents yesterday and, um, I was just thinking, I mean, how amazing would it be if, if when I'm their age, I still have the same sourdough that was created in 2012. Like that's just, um, you know, that is the legacy of sourdough. I mean, you go to France and they have, families have their starters that have been, in their family for 140 plus years. I mean, that's just like a pretty amazing thing. For people who don't know much about sourdough and starters, can you kind of explain what you mean, what a starter really is and how it's sure. something that evolves and can last for yeah. a century? Yeah. So I, um, for all you avid bakers and sourdough <laughs> lovers, I'm going to put this in the terms that I understand. Yes. So I am not the baker. AJ is the baker, but from from what I've learned, and I have learned a lot, um, simply starter is flour and water. Um, it ferments, whether it's um, like out on your counter or sometimes we keep ours in the fridge and then bring it out and feed it um, to bring it back to life. But it is, it truly is alive. Um, and so when you feed your, your starter, which you would feed it with water and flour, um, you are gonna see it rise and then fall um, and so you're truly going to see and this living um, goo paste <laughs> I don't know it's bubbling and rising and um, you can tell how healthy your starter is by how how well it does that um, and so um, you can have the teeny tiniest little bit of starter and feed it and it's going to grow and you're going to be able to use that, mm -hmm. and then so it can be small again, and you can feed it, and it will grow. So you just use that. take like little bits of it for each batch, essentially. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, we have like our starter right now. I think is like eight thousand grams, um, but you could have ten grams of starter, um, and then feed it, and 
use it for the recipe that, uh, that you need and then um, store it in the in cabinet or on your counter or in the fridge and feed it again when you need it again. Well, and I think as we sort of get into the colder months and people are, are inside a little bit more again, I think we're going to see that sort of like urge to start baking again that yeah. we really saw at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and we've thought about that even just around the holidays. So we are launching new holiday kits um, November 1st. And part of those kits are going to have um, like a shortbread, our shortbread sugar cookies that you could make at home. Um, so we've like similar to our pizza kits mm-hmm. that you could do as a family at home or our sourdough pancakes. We're really looking at, you know, what people are going to be doing together around the holidays, how they can, you know, they've been home together now for so long. So how do you make it special? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make the holiday season special? And so we have a few different baskets. Um, like one that I love is the Rise and Shine St. Louis, and it has blueprint uh, coffee Big Heart Tea, Standard Model mm-hmm. Coffee, um, Be Simple Honey, uh, Our Jams, um, and Shortbread Sugar Cookies. So you can either gift that or purchase it for yourself. And then we also have like a Thanksgiving one that's going to have stuffing that's made from our bread and um, a turkey brine and flavored salts that the, the kitchen's working on. and olive oils and um, balsamic vinegars. So just really looking at what the experience will be for the family, um, whether that's whatever you're comfortable, whether that's just your immediate family or um, extended or family and friends, whatever it might be. Um, And you have little like place uh, mats that Cherie Berry, um, who is also a local um, St. Louis small business, so those will be in like the Thanksgiving baskets with like place cards for people. So just really trying to think about what the holiday season will look like and how to make it special and different than just, okay, here we are around the dinner table again. again. <laughs> how, I mean, you guys really have dug deep into the creativity during all of this. What sort of fuels that for you? How do you continue to sort of, reach down and, and think of new ways to be innovative? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Probably a lot of prayer. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of prayer over our business that we can um, continue and be relevant. Um, I, I think that's been one of our, you know, being super grateful, um, but then also trying to just continue to be relevant in a time that, you know, restaurants do not look like they did. Right. La- like they were last this time last year so and and you mentioned really at the beginning one of your big goals was supporting your vendors and you just mentioned so many of these holiday boxes are going to really focus on incorporating a lot of those local makers local vendors how important for you as a business owner is it to sort of give back and have that give and take of supporting one another yeah absolutely so we we have businesses that use our bread for wholesale and um so that is you know a way that they're supporting us and we're always looking for different ways to do that. Um, I think we, you know, our heart at need is it's bigger than, it's bigger than just sourdough. Um, and it's bigger than just AJ and myself and how do we care and love, um, our team well, 
but then also the people that come into our building. So that is our that is our vendors and that is our customers. And so um, really we value them so much. And so just trying to always think about how we don't always get it right. We always maybe do it um, the way others want it, want it to look, but really looking at if I truly care about these people, how can I better serve them um, and grow them and um, and grow with them? I think that's one of the fun things is we are we are small and we're you know a lot of people um, like you said earlier this might drive past us every day now, now that we're here, but just really um, wanting to continue to grow. Um, and develop with other businesses for the years to come. So. are going to be here before we know it. And you heard Kirsten mention some of the fun things that they're doing at Need to prepare for holiday gift giving and holiday cooking. You can check out their website for more details as well as how to order pies for Thanksgiving because let's be real, sometimes it's better to let someone make it for you. And as you start thinking about your holiday shopping, please consider shopping as local as possible this year. Our local restaurants and retail shops are counting on it. This episode was produced and edited by J.J. Bailey.